You must ask that person who is deeply aware, deeply informed, whose heart knows what it means that Allah is Al-Rahman. That's why Imam Al-Rahman used to sit in the company of Abu Hashim al-Sufi. And somebody asked him that, oh Imam Ahmad, you're a great muhaddif, great kafi, great scholar of me. And Abu Hashim is a abid, he's a Sufi, he's not a scholar, he's a worshipper of Allah. So why do you sit with him? Imam Ahmad gave an incredible answer. He said, That I am a knower of the book of Allah Ta'ala. And he is a knower about Allah What does it mean? Now, this is an incident, Allah But it's an example of doing amal on this verse. Imam Ahmad they certainly must have done it. Every one of the great Salihim of Jinnim Fuqa'ah did it. They did amal on every verse of Quran. They would go and ask and sit with those people who knew Allah and they would learn from them. They would ask them. And it's very important that in preparation for Ramadan, we must also learn more about the mercy of Allah So we feel that attraction. We feel that need. Ramadan isn't the month for us to just increase our own existing daily activity. 
for example, if a person is a alim or he's a writer, and then Ramadan he increases his study, increases his writing, increases his lecturing, or a person is a qari or a teacher of hips, and in this month he increases that, or a person does zikr in this month they increase that, a person does dawah this month they increase that. Yes, we can do that. But also in Ramadan, for each and every one of us, we have to make our connection with the mercy of Allah subhanahu This month is a month of maqfirah. It's a month of forgiveness. It's a month of purification. It's a month of cleansing. Even Sayyidina Rasulullah, he was so attracted to the mercy of this month that when the last 10 days of Ramadan came, he left everything. He left all other work of Nabuwa, every other aspect of Nabuwa, every other teaching of Nabuwa. And he said, there's so much mercy is going to come down now in those last 10 days that we should just spend day and night in the masjid, full time, the and as many Sahaba as good, just to get that mercy of Allah. So much mercy. Many of you would explain, every now and then I will say some things in Urdu, I will have already said it in English. Or I will translate it in English if I haven't said so. You don't have to worry. But for our own enjoyment, to the enjoyment of some of the elders. Aap samjhe ki Nabiya Kareem Sosam tum dili ke fiyat asi bandhiya ke. Ke Allah ta'ala ki rahmat itna nazul ho raha hai, itna nazul ho raha hai. Ke wo ek lahaan se bebas ho kar, us rahmat ki hasrat mein aakar, aakhri dast in itikab kar. Nabiya Kareem was thirsty. Had an unquenchable thirst to get that mercy of Allah Subhanahu and he dedicated ten days full time in Ramadan to get that mercy. Allah, such an incredible amount of mercy coming in this month of Ramadan. So much mercy, the sinner can become pious, the person of Jahannam can become a person of Jahannam. In the last ten days, that person who because of the life they lived, because of the sins they did, maybe because of the prayers they missed, maybe because of the people's hearts they hurt, their name was actually written now on those who if they died at that moment, they would have gone to Jahannam. But they spent 20 days, just 20 days, fasting for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, leaving sin, praying to Allah Subh'ala, in the 21st day Allah Ta'ala takes their name out of that list of those who are going to Jahannam and puts their name in that list of those who will go to Jahannam. <coughs> so much mercy. Hmm? 20 days of piety can erase 20 years of sin. This is the mercy of Allah. Now who needs mercy most is the person who has the most sin. More sins, we need more mercy. The person says they have less sins, then they may say that they have less of a need. Now, at one level, yes, everybody needs Allah's mercy. But the truth is, those of us who we lived a life or spent a year in which we missed Fajr, missed other prayers, sometimes lied, sometimes betrayed, misdirected our gaze, didn't always treat our wife well, weren't always on supper, weren't always the best father. This is our record in this year, leading up to this Ramadan. Right now, in just a couple of days left in Shaban, but then we should feel this need. Right now we should feel a deep need for the mercy of Allah subhanahu <coughs> How to get that mercy of Allah subhanahu So tonight we want to share with you 11 ways that Allah has mentioned in our deen that a person can get this mercy of Allah subhanahu and get forgiven for all of their sins 
entirely. The first thing is called Doma. First thing is called Doma. What does Doma mean? Allah SWT says in Quran 3, Alam ya'lamu anna Allah huwa ya'kudu tawbata an ibadihi. That don't you know that Allah SWT accepts Toba from his creatures, his servants, and slaves. And he accepts the charities that they give for his pleasure. And Allah, Allah, he is the one who accepts Toba and the one who sends all of his mercy. What does Toba mean? Toba means to make a commitment for the future. Ya Allah, in the future, I want to live my life seeking your pleasure. I want to live my entire life seeking your entire pleasure. In the future, Allah, I want to live my life to follow the sunnah of your blessed messenger. I want to live my entire life trying to follow his entire sunnah. And number three, Allah in the future, I want to entirely leave sin. I want to purify myself from sin. That is called Tazkiyah. Why? So that I can get something called Taqwa. I can be true to you, loyal to you, loving to you, obedient to you, from the Salihin, from the people of virtue and piety. That's called Tawbah. means it's a desire in the heart. But it's not a light desire. It's a burning desire. It overwhelms <coughs> desire. It overcomes our temptation to sin. Overcomes our laziness overcomes every attraction, every infatuation, now we become attracted to the mercy of Allah SWT. And there is nothing more attractive than the mercy and beauty of Allah SWT. There is no beauty more attractive than the beauty of Allah SWT. So we should get this feeling of Tawbah in our heart. And to make true Tawbah, a person has to disconnect themselves from everything that was connecting them to sin. It can't be like, oh, I want to leave sin, and then you still keep the company of sin, still go to the gatherings of sin, still look at the screen and do sin. No. You have to pull the plug. Everything that was connecting us to sin, reminding us to sin, tempting us to sin, inviting us to sin, we have to leave all of that. Otherwise, it's not true Toba. Otherwise, it's not true Toba. You will see even people in this world, when they want to do a physical diet, and what do they say? They say, no cheating. And if they go on diet, they say that I can't eat this, I can't do that, they stay away. They won't indulge. They'll be very strict with themselves. Toba means to go on a firm diet from sin. 100%. No cheating, no breaks, no time out. Complete diet from sin. Diet from the diet from misdirecting the gaze, diet from unlawful lust. Die from lying. Leave everything. That's the real fast. Asal roza ye roza. The practice fast is to stay, stay away from lawful food, lawful drink, and lawful relations if somebody is in nikah. But that's to practice as la'allukum tattakun for the real fast, which is to stay away our whole life from everything that is unlawful. Everything that Allah doesn't want us to do. If a person makes toba, Nabi Akrim sallallahu said, That the person who makes toba from a sin, it's as if they never ever did that sin. 
Now, if a person makes true tawbah for all of their sins, it's as if they never ever did any sin. Now, normally in Hadith, we thought that that is if only you go on Hajj. When you go on Yom Al-Arafah, and then the Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi said, what, you will be like the day your mother gave you birth, means you will leave all sin. But in this city, you learn also Tawbah. You don't have to go on Hajj. You don't have to be in Arafah. Anywhere you are, any moment you are, in Toronto, wherever you are, if you make true Tawbah, Tawbah in the Surah, real true Tawbah from all of your sins, it will be as if you never did those Look at the mercy of Allah Subhanahu in this world, if a person is guilty, there is no court that will let them off the hook. Even if the person is innocent, and they go to court, and they defend their innocence, and they are found innocent by the court, then they go to the court clerk, and they say, I want you to erase the record of this case. You will never erase the record. So no, but I was found innocent. You will never erase the record. It will always remain on the record that you were charged with a crime, you were arrested for a crime, you were tried for a crime, it will also be part of the record that you were found innocent. I've done those of you are immigrants, you will know this can be a problem. You apply for visas and were you ever charged with a crime? You will have to say yes now. <laughs> even though you are 100% innocent, and even the court declared you innocent, but you will have to take yes, I was charged with a crime. In this course of this world, the person who is innocent, still their record remains. And look at the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, Person is not innocent, they're guilty. 100% guilty as charged. They make true tawbah, Allah Ta'ala strikes it from there. Look at the mercy of Allah Subhanahu hmm? Then, if you want to see real mercy of Allah Ta'ala, so there's a word in Quran, it's called tawabin. Tawabin is the rule of Rabbah called tawab. Tawab means super tawbah make. Must have made tawbah a million times. Ta'im and Tawab, like maybe you know the Zafar, he's like we say sometimes, Allama means super So Tawab means super sinner. A person who made a lot of sins, repeated sins, and they kept making Tawbah and breaking Tawbah and again sinning, and then again making Tawbah and then again sinning, and then again making Tawbah and then again sinning. This person will be called Tawab. Keeps making Tawbah because they keep breaking the Tawbah, right? You keep making tawbah, you must keep sinning. Super sinner. Keep sinning, keep making tawbah. What does Allah Ta'ala say about this person? Now Allah Ta'ala could have said in Quran, Inna Allah yaqfudu tawabi, Allah Ta'ala forgives them. Allah Ta'ala could have said in Quran, Inna Allah yaqfudu tawbah to tawabi. What does Allah Ta'ala say in Quran? Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabi. Allah loves them. Mm. Ya Allah, your love should be for muttaqeen, for sadiheen, for dhaqineen, for Mukhtasin, Allah says, yes, my love is for them also. But this super sinner, repeat offender, they say in the courts, repeat offender, multiple convictions, keep sinning, keep making tawbah, but the fact that they keep making tawbah to me, in the love they become my bahubi. They're beloved to Allah SWT. You imagine the mercy of Allah SWT. But that's a good eye for us. And if we want to know, is there any way I can also become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala? One eye is Yuhibun Muttaqeen. Difficult. <laughs> Difficult for us to say, I'm going to become beloved of Allah Ta'ala through taqwa. Allah Ta'ala gave us another verse. And we can become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. Mahabu. This is the greatest darja rank. Even the Anbiya, the greatest Mahabu of Allah Ta'ala. 
Then next are Siddiqeen, greatest of them Sahaba. Then Awliya Siddiqeen, their beloved to Allah SWT. And Allah SWT is saying, yes, it can go all the way down to sinners. But as long as they make dua, as long as every time they sin, they repent and again they pledge their heart to Allah SWT. Even if their whole life is lived like that, they can become the beloved of Allah SWT. So the first way then to get this mercy is called Tawbah, to make true Tawbah. The second way is Istikhar. Now what's the difference? Istikhar has to do with the past. Tawbah has to do with the future. Istikhar has to do with the past. Istikhar means to beg Allah's forgiveness. Simply in English it means to say sorry to Allah's Lord. And to keep saying sorry. And to really be sorry. And to really feel bad. And to feel sad. And to feel shame over the sins of people. Not to make excuses. Not to make justifications. You know, what can I do? I lived in New York. I lived in Toronto. That's no excuse. I sure can do the same in America. They say, ignorance is no excuse under the law. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Actually, there is no excuse. I mean, that's what the authority of this world says. And could you imagine that authority of Allah al-Malik, al-Aziz, al-Jambar, al-Mutakabbir? There's no excuse. We accept it. This is called ikraf. Ikraf. It's called accepting. So it's not time to present any excuses. This is the way of saying Adam al Didn't make any excuses. Instantly, Rabbana Zalamna I attest Allah Ta'ala. We wronged ourselves. We made a mistake. Say the Yunus Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. I accept Allah Ta'ala. I made a mistake. Shaitan made excuses. I am better than him. I made a fire. He's made of elements of earth. There's two tracks. Either we make excuses, we have nisbat connection with Shaitan. We don't make any excuses, then we have nisbat with Anbiya. And they actually said They just made simple thing to explain to you, but mistake. Tell I'll explain to you. Few of your university student types, you understand very clearly. It's not that Sayyidina Adam made a sin, and as punishment he was taken out from them. It's the Christian doctrine. No, Allah Ta'ala has said in the beginning, Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. So Sayyidina Adam's destination was always earth. was never meant to be Jannah. Mm-hmm. Always the destination was earth. So why did Allah Ta'ala keep Adam from Jannah? And Sayyidina Adam was a unique human being. One, yes, he has no father and mother, that's another unique thing. He had no childhood. He wasn't created as a baby. There was never baby. There was never baby Adam al Islam. There was never toddler Islam. There was never infinite Adam Islam. He was created as an adult. So physically he was an adult. But otherwise he was a child. So Allah kept him in Jannah for some time and raised him. Because he was a child. So he learned how to eat in Jannah, he learned how to dress in Jannah. Then as some years passed, Allah gave him wife. Now he was grown up. <coughs> now he's grown up and has wife. Now he's ready to go to his destination. For which Allah Ta'ala created him to send him to earth. But now Allah Ta'ala his sympathy is upgrading. He's extremely generous. It would be against the attribute of Kareem that Allah Ta'ala take him out from the and send him to earth. So Allah Ta'ala created a mechanism. That's it. Created a mechanism. That how can I send the beloved Adam Islam to earth where he's supposed to be? So that mechanism then is that whole incident where Shaitan comes and whispers in him 
It says if you ate this fruit, you will get to live in Jannah forever. So the mechanism wasn't sin, the mechanism was love. That Sayyidina he loved Allah so much, so sometimes a person forgets themselves when they're feeling a feeling of extreme love. So Sayyidina at that moment when he felt that, can I eat from this tree, and then I will get to live in Jannah forever. I will always be with Allah SWT. I won't have to go to that earth. <laughs> I can always be here. So he felt this extreme love for Allah Ta'ala and he just forgot. That's it. Understand? There, even the Anbiya, when they made such forgets, they used to make no excuses for Allah Ta'ala. So me and you, it's not because we didn't forget. If we didn't make up for Qadr, it's not because we forgot Qadr existed, we knew Qadr existed. You know, now there are even people that sometimes at night, when they go to sleep, they don't even have Niyat to wake up for them. They don't even set the alarm. Niyat Why? Because oh, I'm tired or I came back, I have to go to work at 8 a.m. and I won't get my sleep. Abnam Yutamin, let's not forget. If a person goes to sleep without setting the alarm, illa mashallah, if you're a person of great taqwa, you wake up on your own. Otherwise, a person who knows I can't get up without the alarm, the day, night you sleep without setting the alarm, you will miss Fajr. It's not because you forgot. You fully intended not to wake up. Like, can you imagine, can there be any barakah in that sleep? You think that no, I'm going to sleep seven hours straight because I have to go to work. You think there's going to be barakah in that sleep that you're sleeping in a state of disobedience to Allah SWT. In the month of Allah your intention is not to disobey Allah by not waking up for better. And you're sleeping in that whole state. You should be too scared to sleep. Too scared to sleep. If this can happen that a person says, I set the alarm, I set three alarms, but I went to sleep so late because I worked overtime. I don't know what happened. I opened my eyes at 7 a.m. Okay, I can clean from now. So what do you have to do? The first thing you do when you wake up is you have to make a second. Show me you really feel sad. That's the second. That's the second. Mm. You really feel sad. You really say sorry. You make up with Allah Allah quickly. But again, some people, they don't do that. They wake up at 7 a.m. and they have to go to work. It's a choice. Either they do do and make up their fajr or they eat their breakfast. A lot of people today, they choose their breakfast. They say, no, I have to go to work. How am I going to survive without my breakfast? Look at them. How are you going to survive without your breakfast? How are you going to survive without making up the little small dog? You know, if you get into a fight, sometimes it happens. Somebody gets into argument with their spouse. It's difficult. How can you leave home and the whole day doesn't go out? And you think, oh, I should have made up first and then that. If you left through Fajr, you have to make up with Allah, Allah first and then leave. Then everything will go fine in your day. Then you won't even need breakfast. You have breakfast and you don't make up with Allah, Allah, Allah. <clears throat> How are you going to survive? Do you understand what the promise? To make up quickly, to feel bad, to say sorry to Allah, Allah, about something we did. Maybe something we just did. Maybe something we did a long time ago. This is called istikram. Now listen to Hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu about istikram. This is Hadith in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. Follow Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa That when a servant and slave from Allah Ta'ala makes a sin and then he says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, That oh my Rabb, my Allah, I made a sin just now. Please forgive me. Faqal, that Allah says, Alibi Abdi, 
so you do more good deeds and you'll be able to leave this earth. It's a promise from Allah SWT. They take them away. And this is a very particular trick of shaitan. When a person has sinned, shaitan tries to convince that person that what's the point now? Look at you. You just did sin. What's the point of you even praying at Jannah? What's the point of you waking up for Fajr in the morning? Shaitan tries to trick that person. You just said a lie. What's the point of you going for the Lord today? No, you should not listen. He says, I'm even more needy. Before I was doing good deeds just for the sake of doing good deeds. Now I have to do the good deed as a stain remover to remove the stain of the sins that have come in my mind. This is also a Sahih Deed from the Deity of the He said that whenever we sin, Allah makes a stain come on our heart. And if you keep sinning, it keeps getting stained. Keep sinning, it keeps getting stained. So we should never fall into the deception of shaitan, and we should do good deeds. <coughs> then even more of the Swamp said in the Quran, Allah can change the sayyat into asma. Yes? If a person keeps doing this, they keep doing good deeds, keep doing good deeds, keep doing good deeds, because they're trying to erase their sins, erase their sins, erase their sins. Then there comes a time when Allah says, okay, take all of his sins and put them all into good deeds. Every sin becomes good deed. Every ghaflat becomes written as zikr. <laughs> it becomes one lagri. It can actually spend years from the lagri. But then he made so much tawba, so much istikfar, so much good deeds, Allah changed all those years of ghaflat into zikr. Allah. He was misguided, Allah changed all of that way back. He was misleading others, Allah changed all of them to doubt. I didn't do that. But he was misleading others, say Allah can change it. Allah. So we should make a lot of asana. And Ramadan is a month for asana. Allah Ta'ala increases the rate in Ramadan. One farad equals 70 farad. One nafil equals one farad. What does that mean? So for example, let's say there is somebody, they never pray fajr. And in Ramadan they show up and they pray fajr. Allah Ta'ala wants it. Technically they only pray for one month. Uh, what's one month? Allah Ta'ala says no. The rate for asana. Pray one month, that's 30 fajr. Allah says, I give you 70 times. That's 2,100 Fajr. You prayed one month, that's like six years. Yes, Allah says, I give you six years. Then it's not just about the other and the small. It's also about the Quran. Yes, every time you do any ibadah, any um, two things happen. One is you get the other sabab, nekiyah, rewards. Second is you get a Quran with Allah. You get close to Allah. So what happened, normally if you prayed Fajr all year, you would have been close to Allah SWT. But you left it all year. You prayed in Ramadan, Allah says, okay. And every one Fajr you do, like Izzohar, Asr, anything, I will give you 70 times quote. Allah. Means, you can think like this in simple English. If Allah was this much happy with the person for praying Fajr, in Ramadan, Allah will be 70 times that. 70 times Allah will love us. 70 times more. And it's not just about salah. For example, it's also at a certain level, it's fun to treat one's wife well. If a person wasn't doing that all year round, now all of a sudden you start being nice to your wife. Now Allah loves it when a person is nice to their wife. You do it in Ramadan, Allah will love you 70 times more. 70 times, not double, 
not triple, not ten times, seventy times mahbubiyat, seventy times gold for everyone. Muhammad for giving. Adam, akhlaq, all of these things that we should be doing, everything Allah is doing. So in Ramadan, then we should try to do more hasanah. And if it's nafil, Allah gives us a reward of struggle. That, in my estimation, this is not technically, this is my feeling, that's even more than 70 times. Yes. The difference between nafil and farm is more than 70 times. For example, if you miss two rakats farm and you pray 140 rakats farm, we don't realize these faraid massive. It's another very famous Sahih Hadith, Qudsi, in the production of Bukhari Muslim. Long the Prophet says that my servant draws near to me. That the Prophet will be able to do what first and foremost, what Allah tells me, fard on them. That's the biggest quote. Then comes through the Lawah. <coughs> so, mean the Ramadan, Allah wants to make us closer and closer and closer. If we do good deeds. So the more hasanat we do, more a'mal salih, more adab, more akhlaq, we get more mercy from Allah subhanahu Fourth thing, to get the mercy from Allah subhanahu is <coughs> dua. Dua of one believer for their fellow believer also attracts the mercy of Allah subhanahu Actually, Salat al-Janazah is actually basically du'a. The whole purpose of Janazah is we ask to make du'a for them. What? Akul will tell you that person's gone, it's finished, the Book of Deeds is closed. No, the second the Book of Deeds closes, in their own writing, their pen is down. Allah puts the pen in their brother's hands, their fellow believers' hands. That his writing of the Book of Deeds is finished. Now, as many people, they should come and they should make Salat al-Janaza and make du'a for that person. So du'a for one believer, for their fellow believer, also brings them mercy of Allah subhanahu And Ramadan is also a bunch of du'as. It means that along with making du'a for ourselves, we should also be very, very regular in making du'a for all Muslims, for all Ummah. Generally, and for our parents, our friends, our family, our Imam, our Muqtadi, our fellow, our fellows in our neighborhood, specifically. Make a lot of I'll tell you one day from the Vedic Sallallahu That there is no person that they make da'wah for their fellow believer. In any way, shape, or form, they pray for them. Illa waqqalallahu bihi malakan. Except that Allah appoints an angel. The second you make dua for anyone else, Allah immediately sends, deputes an angel. To do what? Kullama da'ali akhihi kala al-malaku al-mu'akkidu bihi ameen wa lakabimitli. That whatever dua we made for the other person, Allah sends an angel that that angel should say Ameen on my du'as to that person. So what did that person got? They got my du'as and the angel's Ameen. But what do I get? Then the angel will make du'a for me. The same thing. So he got my du'as, the angel's Ameen, and I got angel's du'as. That means if you really want something for yourself, you should make du'a for somebody else to get it. And an angel will come and make du'a for you to get it. 
And the angels, the Muslim, they're Mukarrab to Allah Subhanahu They're Dwarf of Look at the power. This is mercy. This is also actually a way Allah is created for us to get this mercy. And who are we that the angels are coming and making for us? Allah hmm? Subhanahu part of His mercy. So we should make the law. Even the Vietnam once, it's long term that he was not able to go on Umrah for a reason. So he sent Sayyidina Umar to the Amir. And he told Sayyidina he told Sayyidina Umar that you make the law when you go on Umrah. This is part of our deen to ask one another for duas. But let me tell you a secret. I tell you the secret. Hmm? One is to ask somebody for their duas. And one is to receive their duas on that action. One is to ask somebody to make dua for you. And one is that somehow you do something to win over that person's heart that they make the law for you without you even having to formally ask them for it. The first one also the city will apply, no doubt. If they make the law for you upon your asking, then indeed everything will apply. But if that other thing happens, that they make the law for you without you ever asking for it, maybe even without you ever knowing <coughs> it, the power of that dua Allah that is phenomenal. That is amazing. And if you look at the history of this ummah, actually all, anyone and everyone who has ever had any hope in taqwa, there's been somebody's du'as behind. Shaykh, alim, mother, father, some mazloom they helped. Maybe they sent some money, and that money sent some blanket to Syria. And they don't know who the person was, but maybe that young girl, she held that blanket over her and she looked at the moon and she made dua for that person that Ya Allah, whoever sent this blanket to me, Ya Allah, you forgive them. Hmm? Unknown, unknown to each other. Hmm? Didn't ask, didn't send a little message and make dua for you and use blanket. Never asked, but they received without asking. This is a big, big, big type of mercy in our day. Massive mercy of Allah sends <coughs> that person who is in the dua with others without ever having asked them to be able to do it. Oh. Like I said, right there it begins in Janasa. 
and it continues all the way to the end of time. And if somebody makes du'a for us, even after he passed away, or somebody makes niyat of any amal that they want to send us du'a to us, Allah also makes us a mercy for us. And again, this doesn't happen automatically. Me and you, nobody knows when we will die, where we will die, how we will die, will there even be anybody to pray janazah over us? Will there be anybody who actually makes du'a for us? Will there be some friend and lover and companion of ours that puts us in the grave? Or will there be some stranger who just drops us in the grave to get over with it? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Will there be anybody who ever makes du'a for us after we pass away? Will there be anybody who makes any du'a for us after we pass away? Hmm? Will there be anybody who in any way remembers us after we pass away? Nobody knows. And there are some people who are so blessed that they are so beloved, like Sahaba Ikram, like the ulama, like the awliya, still you just take their names. People have so much love for them. People love to make dua for them. People go to Jannah al-Bakim, make dua for the Sahaba, make dua for so many people. They're lucky. And just think Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar when they love Allah hmm? mm. So beloved to Allah SWT. Hmm? There are two Sani Hussain. Yes. One is the Sani Hussain that Allah Allah went to the by Sayyidina Abu Bakr. And the other one is Sayyidina Umar. He's the second of Sayyidina Abu Bakr. And they're so beloved to Allah Ta'ala that everybody who comes to say salam to the Biyah Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they will always say salam and make dua for them also. When I went for the very first time, Sharon this may be a strange for some of you, but when I went to the Nubaki, I felt a little bit sad to say those months. Because not everybody always goes to genital Nubaki. Not everybody. I can also not say that every single time I've gone, I've always gone to the Nubaki all the way. Investment. I have not done that every time. Sometimes, just generally, we may go out and then we But Roda, everybody goes. <laughs> How can you go to Medina Manora and not go to Roda? So everybody will always go in front of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar. Some special thing, Allah, special love for them. So they get the most duas with Umar. After the vehicle, most duas are given to those two. This is the puzzle of Allah's father, Yutihi Mayyisha. This is also something. Mm. Also something. It is a means of Allah's mercy. Sixth way that Allah sends His mercy is the difficulties that come to us in our life. Every and any difficulty actually is mercy from Allah. So listen to the Bia Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi this is also in Bukhari Muslim. Ma yusimul mu'mina. Min wasabin wala, nasabin wala, hammin wala, hazanin wala, hammin wala, adhan. That there is no, mm, there's no difficulty, no trial, no tribulation, no pain, not even the slightest of complaint, even that they feel to complain of, means no difficulty comes to a person, except that Allah makes it a means to forgive them for their sins. As a kafara for their khatai, means as a expiation for their sins. Allah, everything, even the slightest thing. You bump your elbow. Funny go? Actually, Allah was doing that as a mercy. You got your sins forgiven. You accidentally touched a hot kettle, you got a little bit burnt, you said, ouch, some sins have been forgiven. Yes? Anything and everything. You tripped a little. You stumbled a little. You had an itch 
It doesn't have to be a major illness. You had an itch that was this much that you had to scratch it. Take what? Some sin was forgiven. Mosquito bite. Sin was forgiven. Allah Akbar. And then now imagine then the more difficult tests, trials, Allah Ta'ala sends. All of this has a hidden mercy from Allah Subhanahu is also a way to forgive us for Allah Akbar. Can you imagine how a Rahman that Allah Ta'ala is? That even these small little things in life, Allah Ta'ala uses it to send his mercy. Allah Ta'ala is always sending his mercy. Farmers like sometimes say that when your difficulty comes to you, maybe you made dua for it. And person gets confused. I never made dua for this happened to me. But you did. That's how. Because you made dua for Jalatu for those. And when you made dua for Jalatu for those, your Amma were at that level. And you still had some sins. And you, even your istighfar and Tawbah was not at that level. But because you made dua, Allah accepted that dua. Allah to send something on you to be a son of so he sent this musiba on you, this difficulty on you, to be a kafara for your sins. And you made the love of this. Allah, I'm looking at a beautiful way to look at life. What a beautiful way to look at the difficulties of life. Al-Rahman, as'al bihi khabira. You have to learn about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from these awliya Rahman, from the lovers of all mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, Seventh way that a person gets forgiven. Now these things now we're talking about the next stage of life. Seventh way is that actually mercy from Allah subhanahu is azami from Yes. But actually for some people the punishment of the grave will be the only punishment they have. And because they got that punishment of the grave they will not have to go to the fire. So it was actually a means mm, of forgiving their sins. And there's a word that the Akhidim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used in Hadith. In Arabic it's called Zabta. Zabta to cover means the constriction of the grave. So you can understand like this is like a massage. So for some people it will be a light constriction, but it is actually a way of Allah sending His mercy on them. So does that mean they will send mercy? Eighth way. Actually, the difficulty of the day of judgment, standing there and sweating in fear, even the fear that you will feel in the day of judgment, Allah will use that as a means to forgive us first. The trembling and fear that a person will feel on that day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will use that also to forgive them for some of their remains. You make understand today that, right? Yes, for those who ultimately will end up in Jahannam, then Azab and Kabir and Yom al are torment for them. But there will be some people who are ultimately going to go to Jannah because their last few sins are forgiven due to these two Means even that Allah Ta'ala is trying to is going to find a way to send his mercy on us. Even on the day of judgment. Then the ninth way. So ninth way to get the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to show mercy to others. This one I will explain to the end. 
Prophet Nabiya Kareem sallallahu This is a very special thing. That Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will intercede with, on behalf of the believers with Allah Ta'ala all the day of judgment. Then Ya Allah, whatever mercy came to them due to their tawbah, still they're going to Jahannam. Istighfar, still they're going to Jahannam. Dawal, still, still, they did hasanat, still, they went through a zabi cover, still they're destined for Jahannam. They were trembling and sweating on the day of judgment, still they're going through Jahannam. <coughs> Even though they had all of these mercies did come on them, then the Bihakrim will plead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Bihakrim mentioned this also in a beautiful Sahibi. What? The Bihakrim said clearly, Shafa'ati. That my shafa'a, my intercession will be for who? For the very pious ones? No. But yes, could be. But for who? For the people who did kaba'i, who did enormous, tremendous sins, who violated the commandment of Allah so much that all the other things still wasn't enough to forgive them. All of the good deeds in their lives, still their sins are remaining. All the salah they prayed, the hajj they made, the umrah they offered, the zakat they paid, all of those asanat, all of their du'as, all of their istighfars, their sins were so enormous. Not maybe in number, but in nature. They did such foul, unspeakable sin, such despicable sin. They left the beauty of Allah Ta'ala and went for beauty of Ghamahram in the most unspeakable ways. They were from Ahli Kabair and they show up on the day of judgment. Still with the stain of sin, and the Vyakrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that now I will intercede with Allah Ta'ala on their behalf. In another Sahyadi, the Vyakrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he explained the extent and scope of this Shabbat. He said, Khuyurat, that I was given a choice by Allah Ta'ala. What was the choice? That I could intercede that half of the Ummah. 50% can go to Jannah on the basis of Shifa, on the basis that the Prophet was making this dua. Mm. Half. Okay. And what was the other choice? Obeying the Shifa. That no, rather, instead of automatically half going to Jannah, Allah Ta'ala gave me second choice. The Prophet is saying, Allah Ta'ala gave me second choice that I can ask Allah Ta'ala. I can ask Allah Ta'ala. Allah so what did the Vyakrim say? I chose Shafa. Why? This is the Prophet's words. It will be more widespread and more than half will go to Jannah. Now what does that mean? So let's just take half. And right now there's 1.2 billion in the Ummah. And 40 years ago or 60 years ago there was a different 1 billion. But up till now, in 14 years, they must have been, I don't, not very good statistics, but maybe 20, 30, 60, 100 billion Muslims total by the time the end of time comes. Now imagine this. Let's take 50 billion. That I can say for sure would be the case. So let's take 40 billion. That I can think I can say for sure. Uh, what would be half of that 20 billion? The Nabiya Kareem are saying that Masha would be more up. Can you imagine Nafatul Alameen? 20 billion people, one 
my one vehicles and fourth discussion. You imagine that on the day of judgment. 20 billion. Abu wa Akhtaru, so Shafar means there's going to be more than half. The Prophet is going to do Shafar for more than half. On conservative estimate, I'm thinking half to be 20 billion. One by one. Can you imagine what a Shafiq Nabi this is? Mm. Each one going to this one. What is his kabir? Ya Allah. Going to the next one. What is his kabir? Ya Allah. Going to the next one. What is his kabir? Ya Allah. One after the other after the other. 20 billion times. Allah. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali it's inconceivable mercy. Inconceivable. Who does that? Look at the mercy. This is actually Allah mercy. Coming through the vehicle of Shafa. is just a vessel for the mercy of Allah. All of these were just vessels. In Urdu, we would say, Bahane It's incredible. Ajeeb. Aamlo wa akhtar. More than that. Allah. Imagine that still there's a person. Who even then they still don't make. Because it's not all. This is clear. At the same time, it's not all. And there will be some people. Yes, they had made Tawbah. Yes, they made istighfar sometimes to some level. Yes, they did some hasanah to some level. They made some du'a, they made du'a for them at some level. Maybe somebody even did ishal al at some level. They had some constriction in the grave. They were sweating on the day of judgment. All of these things. And the beer, and still they were left with their kabar. And the beer kareem, sallallahu he came and did shafa. And it worked for 20 plus billion. But this person was such a big sinner that even the Shafaa Nabi Allah did not send so much mercy and did not forgive that person. So imagine that person and he's standing on the judgment and he sees 20 billion going of Ahli Dabar going to Jannah and he's still standing because his sins were so much. Allah. For that person, there's one last hope. That's the tenth way Allah Ta'ala will send His mercy. Rahmatullahi wa afquhu wa maghfiratu bila sababin min al-ibad. This will be the mercy of Allah Ta'ala and His forgiveness and His pardoning. Bila sabab. Not due to anything. Not due to any good deed that He did. Not due to His istighfar. Not due to His tawbah. Not even due to the shafa of the being of the sun. But just because Allah Ta'ala Himself is of that Muhammad, then yet additional people will be forgiven on that day of judgment. And then additional will go to Jannah. Just because of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. Pure, direct mercy of Allah Ta'ala. He would just say, Kun fayakum, they become their testy of them. Allah. Imagine that person. Of now even the vehicle is gone. Because after he completes Shafa, then he will go. And he himself will go to Jannah. And then the person standing there. Allah Akbar. Then Allah's mercy will come on some of those people. Then who will be left? And still there will be some believers who are left. 
still the only simple thing to them. And even Allah Allah's own direct mercy didn't come on them. Those believers will be sent to Jahannam. Those believers will be sent to Jahannam. And then from them there's a rain. So it comes in a day for the shortest time any believer will spend in Jahannam is that they will be placed over the fire of Jahannam for a moment. But the heat of that single moment will be so intense that the heat from the fire will course through their whole body and pain and torment their whole body and reach their skulls such that it melts their brain. Allah. Amen. You we can't even touch the kettle. We can't even touch it for a second. Imagine that type of heat. I take you into a place where there's a lot of heat. Huh? You can't live without your AC. Huh? And then what's the last punishment in Jahannam for the believers? If the believers ultimately come out, that's another hadith. In this hadith, the deity of Sasa mentioned what's the end of the manifestation of Allah's mercy. So, what will happen is, and there's no mention in Allah, this will take. Allah, Allah. Maybe billions of years pass. People in Jannah are Jannah, people in Jannah are Jannah. And at one point, Allah will address the Ahmadan and He will ask them, O oh, people of Jannah, I want each and every one of you to look inside Jannah. And if there's anybody in Jahannam that you see that you recognize that they even had a drop of Iman, nafsa Iman, even a drop of Iman, you point them out and I will take them. Everyone from Jannah will look inside. Everyone. And they will point out Allah Allah that person. I know he had Iman, he was believer, he was believer, he was believer. Whoever they say, Allah Allah will take them out of Jannah and put them into Jannah. <coughs> Just mere recognition as a believer by any one of those 40 billion believers. Then Allah Ta'ala, when they're all done, Allah will ask the second time. Now is there anybody? And then every single one from Ahmad Jannah will say, Ya Allah, there is now nobody more that any one of us recognize to be a believer. Then Allah Ta'ala Himself will take out two groups of people, two sets of people from Jannah. So the people of Jannah ask, Ya Allah, who are these people? None of us recognize any of them, have any recollection of them having any drop of Iman. Allah will say, These are those people whose Iman was only known to them. It was so hidden, such a dormant, recessive thing inside them. His Islam and the now the hate mentions that when they're taken out, they're blackened and charred beyond recognition as humans. Because they spent so long in the fire Allah will take them out and then he will do their rustle in the water of Hazikot. They will be dipped, drowned, submerged in Hazikot. And then they will be taken out and then they will be restored. And Allah will put a seal on their forehead. These are the ones who Allah Ta'ala Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahman All merciful Allah Ta'ala out purely of His infinite mercy <coughs> that this person had so many sins 
they had to be punished in Jahannam for millions and billions of years, but still they had one remote, faint, trace drop of Imam, Allah Ta'ala's mercy will eventually come on them, and Allah Ta'ala has taken them. And then they will come into Jannah. Then after, again, that's the exact time, after some time passes, Allah will address them specifically, those ones. And say, how do you find your... You can say, and I'll put it... How do you find the new accommodation? <laughs> they will say, Ya Allah, this is such a wonderful place, and that was such a terrible place. Allah says, anything that you want more. Allah, we want nothing except just one thing. And we know we were free just because of your mercy. But we want you to remove the stamp from our forehead, because it's the only thing that reminds us still of that once upon a time <laughs> Even that's my mercy for you. That I stamped you with love that you were the free ones from my mercy. But you want that removed, no problem, and they'll remove that from their form. And then after that, that group is there for eternity, and this group is there for eternity. This is the story of the mercy of Allah. And this coming Ramadan is a month of mercy. In the middle, I'd like to see one more way. Because I said I would do it then. There's another way to get the mercy of Allah SWT. And this is another beautiful hadith of Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Sallam. He said, Be merciful to others so that Allah Ta'ala will be merciful to you. Be merciful to others, Allah Ta'ala will be merciful to you. Another way to get the mercy of Allah SWT. Logic will say, no, no, if Allah is going to be merciful to me, I should be good with him. Allah says, you're good with my creatures, I will be good with you. You being merciful to them, I will be merciful to you. Allah. It means if you fix your hukuk al-ibad, Allah will help you fix hukuk Allah. So sometimes if you're struggling with some sin, try to become a better friend, a better neighbor, a better husband, a better wife. Allah will take you out of that sin. Sometimes the direct approach won't work. Some people say, I keep trying to leave it, I can't leave it. I keep trying to leave it, I can't leave it. There's Allah Ta'ala's put indirect ways to get it worse. And one of the greatest <coughs> ways, and in fact, the single greatest mercy you can show any human being on earth is to guide them to Allah's home. Is to connect them to Allah's home. Why? Because Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, it was his greatest mercy. What is the mercy of the prophets? Yes, they love humanity. Yes, they sit with humanity. But what's their real mercy? Their greatest mercy lies in that they connect humanity and guide them back to Allah. This is the real mercy for some. Mercy isn't just to give them money or to give them a smile. We have to do all of that, right? Mercy isn't just to be a good neighbor or a good friend. Or, no. The greatest mercy, the greatest act of mercy we can do for anyone is to guide them and connect them back to Allah. It may even happen that I can't guide myself. I can't connect myself. I know what I should be doing, but I can't do it. But maybe if I guide somebody else to Allah, show them that mercy, Allah Allah will send His mercy on me and Allah will guide me to Him. Yes. And that happens. 
So this is the real legacy of the Anbiya. They were guides of humanity. They were merciful, soft, gentle, compassionate guides to humanity, reminding them of Allah Ta'ala, connecting them to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And our Ummah is the last and final Ummah. Quran was the last and final book. Sayyidina Rasulullah is the last and final prophet. So now who's going to guide humanity? In previous times of history, when humanity was unguided, Allah sent another prophet. And again, humanity became misguided, and again, Allah sent another prophet. But that's not going to happen now. Why? Because Allah has made a system in our deen. That Nabi Kareem, his Nabuwa is Kamil and Mukammal. And his Nabuwa, his teachings, and his mission, and his message will continue through the Ummah. This Ummah is now the guide of humanity. Yes? So, Sunnah isn't just this. There's many other aspects of Sunnah. But one aspect of Sunnah is to become the merciful guide to humanity. And that in our dream is called Dabba. To invite someone, to remind someone, to connect someone to Allah to help them rediscover their Imam, to nourish their Imam, to strengthen their Imam, to help them find their way back to Allah That is called Dabba. And every sincere believer does that. Everyone. The ulama may do da'wah by writing books, by giving lectures. Mashaikh they do da'wah by teaching people zikr, teaching people about the mercy of Allah. And then you don't have to be an alim or sheikh to give da'wah. Even every believer can give da'wah simply by sharing their iman with others. Sometimes that's enough. Sometimes, even sometimes, that is more beneficial for some people than the speech of the Allah. I've met people that they wouldn't come within 10 foot of me. Why? Because this is going to give a one and a half hour beyond. Who's going to sit for that? Right? Who's going to come and sit for one and a half hour beyond? MashaAllah, you people did. That's your mouth, right? So, and the ordinary person, you can't give one and a half hour beyond anyway. So there's two minutes out, there's one minute out, there's five minutes out. That is a message that has to be taken to everyone. So there are many ways that this Tao has been done. And in the history of our Ummah, Allah subhanahu wa took something which we call Abumi Fada, like Aamu, Aksar, more widespread benefit in different stages of history through different works of deen. For example, in the very beginning, Allah took the massive benefit from Sahaba. And that's not something I can explain to you in this country. Right? But Sahaba Ikram, they spread the mission of mission and message of Islam. And that was the most widespread way. Islam spread of course across the four corners of this earth. Then came the second stage, which was ill. There were so many ulama of hadith and so many circles of ill that the most widespread benefit came through the ulama that lasted another couple of hundred years. And then for about 800 years, the most widespread benefit was from awliya was from the mashayikh of the soul. I'll give you an example. Many people here tonight appear to be from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Now that whole area known as South Asia combined today has 600 million Muslims. 600 million Muslims means half the Ummah today is from the subcontinent. 
But historically, that entire area was entirely Hindu. So the question arises that how did half of the Ummah come to arise in such a place where everybody used to be Hindu? 99.99999% of those people converted because they met Oliyaullah. Mm. But actually the works and efforts of Oliyaullah are responsible for the Iman of half of this Ummah. Yes. One body father waited in Christian after you just walking. That's it. There was no lecture, no series of comparative religion, no critique of Hinduism, nothing. Not even some deep lectures about explaining about Islam, nothing. Just walking through India, people would look at him and say, I want to be like you. Mm. What you are, I want to be what that is. They didn't know it was Islam. What are you? Okay, I will teach you what I am. Say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. He taught them Tawheed, taught them Sunnah, taught them Quran. Half of the Ummah exists today because of the efforts of all the other So for 800 years, that was the most widespread benefit. Then after colonialism, many things happened. Then Allah Ta'ala again always revised the deen. Because Allah Ta'ala is the preserver of deen. In this day and age, the da'wah of the masses, not the da'wah of the awliya, the da'wah of the masses has given the most widespread benefit to the and one form of da'wah of the masses is known as our democracy. Now you see a person can try to do da'wah in their own way, according to their own style. Jais. But if there is some way that is established, that has experience, that has track record, that has real results that you can see, and if a person who, you're not Allah, you're not Shaykh, Easier than for you to join the flow and become part of a flow of that. And then when you add to that flow, the flow becomes wider. You see, every drop that you add to the river, the river becomes even wider. And then that river can make even more barren ground fertile. The greatest mercy that you can show another human being is to do that. Is to connect them to Allah SWT. And because all of us need, like we talked tonight, all of us need the mercy of Allah SWT. Another way to get this mercy is to share the mercy, is to show the mercy. So we should make an effort and become a person of da'wah, a person of nasiha, a person who connects others' hearts to Allah SWT, not because we think we're something, but because we realize we're nothing, and we think that maybe the only hope I have of my heart getting connected to Allah Ta'ala is if I help connect others' hearts to Allah SWT. So this was the topic for tonight. That these are 11 ways. There's limitless ways. But for tonight, we mentioned to you 11 ways that a person can get the mercy of Allah SWT. Each and every one of us needs all of those 11 ways. May Allah Ta'ala accept us. May Allah Ta'ala send His mercy on us. May Allah Ta'ala raise us from the day of judgment. That we are raised in His everlasting mercy. And that we live in Jannah for all of eternity. Living in the grace and shadow of His eternal mercy.